0: Welcome to episode 99 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. It is Monday night, April 6th. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian, the sauce, sharply. Hello. And Matt, the sprinkler, Casal. Hello. Tonight, we're going to talk a little Green Lantern Star Trek crossover. We're going to talk about DC's overzealousness on the CW. Is that a word? Overzealousness? Overzealidity? Overzealidity? over... Uh, over Zalidity? Oh, yeah, I think it's over Zalidity. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that, and I think we're, we might, we might talk about Witchman Reading. I don't want to make empty promises, but that's what I do every week. The fans
1: want empty promises. That's what they've said to me, at least. Yeah? Yeah. Well, then this, like, is, this is your place. They say, tell me lies. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: empty promises are us, right here. <laughs> so, before we get into all those empty promises... We're going to do a proper housekeeping with Ian Sharpley because someone didn't want to do it last week. He didn't want to break up the flow. I didn't want to break up the flow.
2: We had really good flow, man. We got we the important d- information out there. We did. We Go were,
0: to We were boys the men at their peak
1: <coughs> last week, and you were like, no, Motown Philly, stay strong. I think that I made <laughs> an executive decision, and it was the right decision to just go ahead and, and keep the good, open conversation going. I, I told agree. the people to go to mixsauce.com. You can find all of your mix sauce things there. You can, and we have been working really hard on the website lately. We have a new banner on the website. If you go, you can see some new artwork, some shining, shimmering mixsauce logo. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, you can also, on each post, you can click all your different social media buttons so you can share it via Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Plus. I don't know who has any of that don't kind be, of stuff. Don't def- be afraid to share it. If you like Email. something, share it. Email. What the um, hell is that? That's the, like, general share this button. Oh, okay. So, Why is there an icon? A- Oreo. A generic Oreo. I don't know. I don't. Because it says this browser doesn't accept third-party cookies. So oh, I those
0: third-party cookies. That's why it doesn't say is? Oreo on it.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, explain what a cookie is for the listeners. It's a baked good,
0: sometimes
1: filled with vanilla frosting. I'd imagine that that's not what they're referring to. I think Matt wants you to explain some technical... Internet
0: cookies. so no, I don't fucking know what that is explain it It, it's something that i just
1: got netflix a couple months ago (laughs) i don't know what that is it basically keeps track of what you're doing on the internet it's it's like government spying on you wouldn't like it on Uh all your nefarious websites but you can go on mixauce.com you can share everything you share your cookies if you want i guess what kind of cookies do you like matt you mean internet cookies or regular cookies cookies? Well, I like Oreos, and I don't mean, like, any
2: disrespect but, or anything. How there I knew
1: we were going oh, we were there, fuck you But that
2: Oreo, Oreo offers a wide variety. Regular classic Oreos, not that double-stuffed stuff, or not the, what? It's, that was my look of disapproval. Sometimes there could be too much of a good thing, too much yeah. cream in the middle. I don't think so, like like if overpowers. you're going Oreo,
0: it's, Double stuff is the way to go. I feel cheated when I eat a, a single stuff Oreo at this point.
2: In my younger years, yes, it's too much cookie. But today, mm, I'm pretty like happy with the regular, standard
0: cookie ratio. You can never have too much cookie.
1: What are your feelings on the the reverse Oreo, the the <coughs> one with the white cookie? We hate that. We don't like that. Do we even know about that? You're looking at me wait, like wait, a and, puzzle. And, and the, Oreo. Reverse, the reverse Oreo would be vanilla cookie
0: chocolate frosting. Do you just mean the vanilla Oreo? No, with I mean... the vanilla cookie in No, I
1: mean, the instead of frosting? the chocolate... No, what, what I mean, what I meant was reverse of the flavor of the outside cookie part. I guess Oreo.com if, isn't a thing.
2: What if it was frosting, cookie, frosting? <laughs> Messy. Maybe a little, but... Wouldn't that be great? You like bite into it, and in the middle, it has the crunch.
0: I'm sure they've tried it. They're professionals. Nabisco, right? Yes.
1: What, yeah, what Nabisco, I really Nabisco. like,
2: and this is, it has the same regular Oreo flavor.
1: I like, Oreo. like Oreo.com. Milk's favorite cookie. Did Milk really say that? Did they come on there like, Of all the cookies, this is the one. I oh
2: yeah. Like the Halloween, the with the with the orange frosting.
1: Does uh, it have like a pumpkin flavor or is it just a awesome. no,
2: Normal use. flavor, but I'm just saying, side it just puts you in the in the Halloween spirit when you eat them. Sidebar like, to the
1: sidebar.
0: Favorite Oreo. Halloween Oreo, Matt? Yeah, I would probably say the Halloween Oreo. Yeah, favorite Oreo.
1: Standard single stuff. Stuffed once.
0: Captain Plane. Private plane over here. Sergeant single stuff. I'm gonna go with the birthday cake Oreo. That shit Ooh. is
1: magnificent. You silly bitch, you!
0: I, I didn't even know that
1: existed.
0: Birthday cake, Oreo, It's, it's insane. It's I recently insane. got fucking
1: pig.
2: Birthday cake, gum. Birthday cake,
1: gum. Ice cream is where it's at.
2: Like, to go with birthday cake, ice cream. I mean,
1: you could have birthday. You could have birthday cake. Ice cream like its flavor. All right, let's. And then you could have the gum too. Let's We're, give a little. Let's give a little background. Matt
0: is a gum guy. Matt likes gum. Yeah, he's I'm into gum. gum. He analyzes gum. He could. He could host a gum review blog. Yeah, I could. You're or, in, you're fucking into gum, Blair. I like
1: gum too. Yeah. What kind of gum? What's your favorite gum? Well, my favorite gum. This of is awful podcast. No way. My this
2: favorite gum, of course, is Bubblicious Watermelon
1: Bubble Gum. Ooh, standard. Is that a standard, classic. Brick? Yes. That's some classic shit right there. It's
2: some classic shit. I used to chew it a lot in high school, and then one of my teeth started, like, falling out. Yeah. So then I switched to more of a sugar-free Do so you think
0: that was the gum's fault, or just, you know, maybe you didn't brush enough?
2: No, I'm a pretty regular brusher. But I was a really regular
0: chewer. So you think that a gum was just fucking fucking the fuck out of your teeth. It was, it was <laughs> my and it, it would pull at your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it was like bend over it more. It was, um. It's go time.
2: It was, my wisdom teeth back here on this side, because this is the side that I chewed on more. And the more that, you know, you chew on that one side with just sugar, sugar, sugar. Mm-hmm. And those are harder to brush teeth in the way but ba- Wisdom teeth, right? right? You have like gums and shit in the way and your mouth is in the way. You can't get to it. So eventually it starts to like...
1: they are like cavity creeps on steroids going back there. Like right? right. Reinforcements were coming no, that, in. Like
2: literally my one tooth like came off. Yeah. And I remember I, I feel like I was chewing gum at the time. And then i chewed my tooth Ooh. and it like i just ate my toothpaste i was like <laughs>
1: that's like cringe inducing uh, i've had there's, there's break in my mouth as well have you ever oh. eaten your teeth i've never eaten I'm my teeth, but yeah no i've had my teeth just you guys are grossing me out
2: yeah like i ate my tooth but i don't think i swallowed it but like i crunched it for a mm-hmm. while and i was like because, like, sometimes, you know, maybe there's, like, a little thing in your teeth that, like, comes out from in between, and it's a little crunchy from previous. And you're just things. like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're, like, feeling around and, yeah, like, it's like, holy my tooth shit, feel there's whole a gigantic hole, gigantic hole in my mouth.
2: I just ate my tooth. You've never done that? I don't you don't chew before. gum, so maybe it's a gum thing because the gum, like, the, the stickiness of it, like, kind of pulls a little bit.
1: Ian, favorite gum? Go. I like Trident Layers, the, uh sour apple kind with the juicy layer in the in the center. It's like, oh. Ian likes the juice. Who's surprised? Not me. <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> I hate sour apple as a flavor. Do you really? I, I feel like it tastes like bad breath. We had breath. a
0: big... We had a big... That's weird. The bad breath comment's weird. If, if anything, I would think it tastes too sweet. Super sweet. Sweet bad breath.
1: We had a big conversation about uh, Skittles and their changing the green flavor from what it used to be. I guess it, it wasn't it lime and now it's sour apple. Is that right? Nothing should ever go to sour apple. It, things should just transition away from sour
2: apple. That's like it. the Jolly Rancher sour apple. Was like
1: the king of Jolly Ranchers back in None the day. Fuck that.
2: No way. Yeah. The king of Jolly Ranchers was watermelon or cherry.
1: Mm, I say
2: watermelon
1: first. Sour apple salad. or watermelon.
0: Watermelon is a good call. Two votes for watermelon, Ian. You're out of here. We'll see you next
2: podcast. Yep. All right, well, for see you guys later. But before you leave, could you finish up housekeeping?
1: Anyway, whoa, go whoa, to make.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! We
0: didn't. We didn't all get to talk about our favorite cookies. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, we'll what's, you go. Cookie? what's your favorite cookie? What's
2: your favorite cookie? He said Oreo. Oh, yeah, no, that was no an no, Oreo
0: no, no family. That was
1: uh, we're, yeah. we were we started off on favorite cookie overall. Okay. Um. I like, they're called kolache, they're apricot filled, um, cookies that are traditionally like Christmas kind of cookies, with, they're folded in sort of triangles, and you can have apricot or raspberry filled,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: kolache, that's probably my favorite, and the apricot, um, that's my favorite flavor of kolache.
2: Fresh baked, like, Pillsbury Doughboy chocolate chip cookies, like, right out of the oven, there's really nothing better. Those Oreo. beat Oreos every time. But, like, right out of the bag, I'd probably take an Oreo over, like, a Chips Ahoy.
0: Are we talking brand-name cookies, or can we go, like, homemade yeah, cookies? Homemade. I'm, I'm going homemade. Cookie you general. can go
1: wherever. We know, usually, you stray for brand-name stuff. You like your Superman, your Pepsi, your my, Top... My helmets. you <laughs> <laughs> your taco bell
0: and oddly enough my mother's chocolate chip pumpkin oh, cookies the upset they're not pretty it's just like a lump of dough yeah but pumpkin chocolate chips they're fucking fantastic i will slay an entire like tin of those fucking pumpkin cookies i will murder them so good. Best cookie.
1: Super good cookies. Runner up. Sure. Snickerdoodle from anywhere. You can't make a bad snickerdoodle. I like Chinese, like the Chinese swirl cookies. Have you ever had those? No. No? I don't think so. I've had Chinese donuts, which are just like little balls of dough, dough balls with sugar. With around them. Around. I don't think I know about good. those. Who's no. a fan of the fortune cookie? It's good, but it's so small and, you know... I'm yeah, in. I, I like,
2: like it. Good. Burgatory has that's That's vanilla... gonna be
1: uncomfortable <laughs> on the
2: video. <laughs> I thought you were going for it. That was what like I said,
0: this is just test video. I
2: was like, yeah, I, I kinda like it too. <laughs> Burgatory has vanilla flavored fortune cookies. They're a little thicker, they're mm-hmm. a little harder, but they have more flavor. They're really fucking good. Thicker and harder. Just like Matt likes it. Mm. And and I kept my fortune. Did you? The last time.
0: Oh boy, this is gonna be exciting. Get Here's it off my
2: purgatory uh, fortune. It literally says, "Insert fortune here," and then there's a line, and then in parentheses it says, "I'm on my break."
1: Oh, laziness. Lazy.
2: So I, I could I haven't used it yet. I haven't like done my fortune yet because I don't want to like blow it too fast. So someone
0: tried to offer you some, a little cheek in your fortune. Yeah. So what fortune cookie rules do you have? Like how the, do you how do you eat
1: your fortune cookie? I have the same ones that you do because you told me the rules and I was like, oh that makes a lot of sense. Because those are the rules. Back I don't know where what are the rules <laughs> First of all, you have rules for everything. And when you told me this, that's before I knew that you had rules for everything. Now I stopped listening to your rules a long time ago, but I still hold true to the old fortune cookie rules. What are the rules?
0: You can't read, you can't even, you can't look at your fortune, you can't read your fortune until your cookie is down. You're done chewing, crumbs are out of your mouth, your cookie's down. Because until that point, your fortune is in flux.
2: Here's the problem with a fortune cookie. It's a very dry cookie experience. So like, it becomes a bit of a, like a crumbly paste. In the back of your mouth, but the problem is, you always get it at the end of your meal. What are you left with at the end of your meal? Just a little bit of watered-down Coke in your glass. That it, The only thing that's left liquid in your glass is the melted ice, and that is just not enough to wash down that paste. That's the problem.
0: No, it's a delicious fortune cookie. That's what you're left with. I, I like the taste of a fortune cookie. It's I like it too, but it oh, leaves the Coke. <laughs> You know whenever you say something at the same time, you have to buy the other person a coke. Like, I've really? never heard of that. that. i sounds I, like you no, jinx, but jinx, I don't know. Right. Yeah, right. Jinx buy me a Coke. That's how it goes. It's I've old school. I've
1: never it's heard the Coke by School part.
0: It's I like feel like
2: fifties. I know, I'm pretty sure it's from the twenties.
0: Did they have Coke in the twenties? like buy me a Coke because it was so, like buy me some 80s. cocaine.
1: That was the eighties. Well, but Coke had cocaine in
0: it in the twenties, forties. In the twenties it probably did.
2: Is there any more housekeeping you want to cover? Uh, not really. I mean,
1: go to facebook.com. Check out our lovely fan page. We would love it if you posted this week on Facebook
2: and, and gave us some ideas for next week's episode, episode 100. We have a few different ideas in the in the cooker. Um, just kind of waiting for somebody to. To definitively help us determine what are we going to talk about.
0: And, and what are our options for listeners to vote on?
2: Uh, talk amongst yourself We I could
1: find it we out. We could do a, a movie
2: I... review. Like an audio commentary. Audio, audio commentary. commentary,
1: which we've received feedback that that's something that people would want to hear. We could do the... Wheelie, the dealie wheelie
0: cheely. We could mm-hmm. always do that. You could the dealer the dealer's choice wheel for the uninitiated. We could do uh, a specific character commentary. If someone wants to hear about, um, you know, Jax Ur, the old
2: Kryptonian villain. Who the fuck are you talking about? Deep cut, son. Deep cut. I feel like everyone's going to say that's what they want for episode 100. Yeah, now you we're going to so gonna gonna have to ourselves. research this
1: fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's because our listeners are assholes. They're going to be like, let's fuck
1: these dudes. Jack's are it is. We could do general movie and TV talk. That's pretty much what we do all the time anyway. But if you love that and you want us to talk we more about I think, more,
0: I think we get into more comic talk than we think.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, but if you want to hear us talk about Friends 90210. Politics was an option. I think that's the, gonna be a short episode.
0: That one's it's like to devolve shortly into the purge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's like mystery topic. Anything that that they want us to talk about that isn't comics, pop culture, film, TV related. We are something not- like that's totally out of our wheelhouse. Which I feel like I, I thought that we would get more of that, but we haven't really gotten any. F- we we've gotten um, DVD commentary. We've gotten just a slight suggestion suggestion of Mystery Topic, and that's pretty much it. Um, one character-centric, I think. And we're not screwing around. Whatever gets the most votes, that's what
0: we're doing. If it's something goofy like you know, current library commission rules, we're going to do it.
1: Yeah, we'll take you seriously, so if you want to hear us do something ridiculous, make us talk about women's rights, or something totally outside of what we normally go
0: with. We've been around for a long time. 99 episodes. The Wayne Gretzky of episodes tonight. I was waiting for you to do that. It's episode 99. I could not say the Wayne Gretzky episode. I believe you
2: did uh, Mario Lemieux for episode 66, so. You
0: have to. Yeah. Two greatest hockey players of all time. There you go. So, I mean, and The reason we still do this is because of the fans, so we want to give the fans what they want.
1: So we haven't had a lot of voting so far, so I think I said last week, if somebody came through and really made a push and sent me two messages like, hey, I really think that you should do this, uh, again, Ian, I think you should do this, that would win at this point, so it's completely up in the air. We really want feedback. Uh, to help guide us at what we can do our 100th episode. Big celebration. Who knows? We might have video. We might have formal wear. Who knows? Nice. That's going to do it for housekeeping tonight.
2: Extended well, housekeeping. With a cookie break. Only 20 minutes in.
1: Cookie I, break. That's not my fault though. Sometimes it's my fault, but it's not my fault this time. Hey, uh, the show goes where it's going to yeah, the show goes where
0: it's going to go. It's a, it's a fluid show. Yeah. We're not beholden to any hard, fast rules. Not anymore. If Ian says, Paul, shut your mouth, we're not doing housekeeping tonight.
1: Did I say that, or did I say, let's just keep this great conversation going. We have all got some great things to say, and I don't want to put the brakes on this awesome conversation. I don't I was, remember those it was words underneath. exactly. It was I, we were
0: just talking, and I was like, let's just keep going. I heard it underneath. Oh, fuck you
1: guys. Anyway.
0: it's So, it's been a light news week. There isn't a lot going on. I you feel like we're at again. the time of the year when, uh, you know, studios and publishers are all waiting for comic conventions coming up this year to make their big announcements, the big reveals. So, now there's just really not a whole lot going on. We're right at the edge
2: of... DC's convergence and Secret Wars starting up. I think what everyone's waiting for is episode 100 of the McSoss comic book podcast. So <laughs> we're, we won't, we probably won't take any of your suggestions because we're going to be too busy catching up on all the huge announcements that everybody's been holding off on for our 100th episode, our what would, our, our milestone episode, our lifetime
1: achievement. At least, well, well, that's a bit ostentatious yeah, I mean, so far. <laughs> and also, are we done at that point? It's like, all right, well, you've done everything that you're going to do. Well, you've talked about everything.
2: Harrison Ford has won a lifetime achievement, and he's done things
1: since then. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, Let's go with Milestone. I milestone. Milestone, milestone, like that. That's like, all right, this is one point but, now. It's like our springboard episode. We've yeah, built yeah. an audience, and now we're going to... That's small Milestone.
0: <clears throat> I don't like to be
2: ostentatious.
1: You don't. That's the
2: second time you use that word. Just for those that might not know that definition, what does ostentatious
1: mean? It's like, um, over-the-top fancy pants. That's the actual... That's the definition. ...dictionary? Yes. Characterized
0: by or given to pretentious or conspicuous show in an attempt to
1: impress others. Ooh. I don't think we're that. We're fucking... Lunch boxers. We're the blue collar right. podcast. We bring
0: the lunch pail. We do this every week. We don't need praise. We don't need fan adornment. We're five here star to serve hurt, people.
1: Mm. Yes,
0: five star. We come reviews. here, we record the show, we're out. We are the Craig Adams. <laughs> oh. He's a he's a really shitty hockey player. We're not the we're not the Sidney Crosbys or the Alex Ovechkins. We're the lunch pailers. So Matt, why don't you tell us what you think about IDW and DC's Star Uh, Trek, uh, Greenland, Crossover? Uh, Because you're going to be like, I don't give a fuck. Next.
2: Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. You hate
1: Star Trek
0: that much.
1: Really? That you just
0: don't give a fuck. Coca-Cola introduced in
2: 1886. Shit is old. Before it, it was even cold, it was yeah, warm then. Right? Yeah. Oh, I bet it wasn't even fizzy yet. I don't know. I bet it was, it was just, it They m- would just shake up the glass. It's just molasses. And it would, like, have, would have bubbles <laughs> for for about um like fifteen seconds, and then that that's. It just was fizz. bubbles
1: like it was in a tar pit in your
0: glass. How fucking cool would it be? To go back in time and have an 1886.
1: We've talked oh. about this. It wouldn't be cool for me. No, I do not am I'm not doing it. It wouldn't. He's stealing Coke. Get him. You've <laughs> seen Unforgiven, right? I've seen him all. I don't want to do
0: any of that stuff. But man, and I would go back and they'd be like, here, sir, you look parched. Have a Coca-Cola.
2: <laughs> have, a, have a nice, refreshing Coca-Cola. And we'd be like, we'll be dude, like it's 90 him. degrees. Uh... What is it? Green Lantern meets the Star Trek universe? The original series, Star Trek universe. Just... no. No? No. No.
0: Some of the solicitation artwork has a Klingon with a yellow ring. Doesn't do anything for you?
2: No. Uh, I, I am not a really big fan of universes colliding that kind of don't make a lot of sense. Perfect example. Masters of the Universe meets the DCU. On paper that sounded atrocious.
0: Oh, you seem to like it. It was fucking great because it does make sense.
1: No, I didn't it read it. So Did I, you read it? No, I didn't oh. read it.
0: Exactly. Neither of you read it, but if you read it...
1: I'm not shitting on they it. Tie, I know said I oh, didn't no, read
0: Matt's it. shitting on it, but they tie together way better than I expected because... So it was Keith Giffen had, on that? Um, or? It was Dan Abnett. I think it was Dan Abnett by that point. No. But He-Man's mother, Queen Marlena, is from Earth. Mm-hmm. But in the book, they just make it DC Earth that she comes from. So there's, there's there's an infinite number of planets in the DC universe. Eternia happens to be one of them. It's fucking cool. It's 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 easy. It's not complicated. They don't need to fucking twist anything around. It's just... She's from Earth, it happens to be
2: the DC Earth, and it works fucking perfect. I guess, but I already, I don't like when different dimensions collide.
0: The Green Lantern Star Trek seems a little, a little, a little weirder.
2: It, but to answer your, your point earlier, Ian, that I hate Star Trek, no, no I really don't. I um, loathe it. No, I'm I'm kind of indifferent to it. Although I really like the two J.J. J. Abrams Star Treks, um, and I find the original TV show kind of charming in its like badness. It's kind of like entertaining, um, and there's a nostalgic vibe to it that, if you guys know me, I like nostalgia. Could never get into the Next Generation or any of the Deep Space Deep Nine, Space Nine Voyager, Enterprise. Mm. I remember when uh, Star Trek Six: the Undiscovered Country, was coming out. My friend and I wanted to see it because we were starving for the next great sci-fi epic. And there hadn't been a new Star Trek in a while. And he said, trust me, this is like Star Wars. You know, regardless what you think, mm-hmm. this is going to be great. And we saw it, and it was barely Okay. It was kind of not good.
1: Were you What was the first Star Trek thing that you watched? Was it the original I TV think, series? I or? think
2: it was Star Trek 6.
1: Star the Trek Discovery okay. Country. See, I started off, I want to say that The Wrath of Khan was the first thing that I saw, so that's okay. like getting the essence of the best that Star Trek can possibly offer <laughs> right off the bat. And I was I like Star Trek a lot. It's not up there with Star Wars, but I can appreciate it. On a similar level.
2: Well, I can't even come close to appreciating it yeah. on a similar level. They're, they're two incredibly fundamentally different things. They are. One is modern myth, and one is a commentary on science and exploration and civilization. And I am much more interested in the mythology mm-hmm.
1: of Star Wars. There's room for everything, though, Matt. I know that you're a man that has varied tastes. You like a lot of different things. I do like a lot of
2: different things. I like what they did with Star Trek with the two new movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the third one. Um, because I feel like they finally got what they needed to understand to open it up to a, a broad audience. Not just its own little, like, Trekkie corner of the world... But to somebody other than a Trekkie. And that's exactly what they did. Now, with that said, I feel like they alienated a lot of the original fans. But um, maybe not all of them. Maybe not even the majority of them. But they did piss off people yeah. because they changed it so much from what they typically do. Do you follow what I'm saying, Paul? Totally. And But for me, I was like, I don't care. I like this. This is really, this is the first time I'm on the edge of my seat with interest. You know, I had heard how great. Because it was
1: done by somebody that was a traditional Star Wars fan. I mean, that's J.J. Abrams, that's right in his wheelhouse. In in the press kits, he was even saying, like, oh, we're going to bring some Star Wars shit to this. Right. Here Here
2: was the analogy. Here was the analogy that the filmmakers made. They said, think of Star Wars as rock and roll. And think of Star Trek as the symphony. We want to still have the symphony, but bring some rock into it.
1: So it's Metallica S&M. So it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra.
2: Yes. (laughs) And uh, I feel like it was a really big success. I feel like they achieved what they wanted to do, what they had to do to, to broaden the audience. I mean, like... Those two star—it's not a fluke that those are like the best, highest-grossing Star Trek movies ever. That's not a coincidence. It doesn't just happen to be that way. It is that way because they change the way that they approach Star Trek. So right now, I'm like as big a Star Trek fan as I've ever been, but it's still Star Trek. So you don't think
0: this series is gonna pull a little bit from the Abrams stuff? You think it's gonna be more like the static? original series
2: no i i do think it will have more of a um like an abrams vibe to it plus you i think they're superheroes they're
1: going with that because the images of the characters are from the new film series
2: yeah you know it's funny the more i'm talking about how much i like these abrams things the more i'm like "Mm, maybe this actually won't be too bad but
1: I, I like but, when you talk yourself in, in or out of things. Right, but,
2: but here's the thing. Traditionally, I just don't like when you mix these... Like, I am I am just waiting for when Marvel does the Star Wars Marvel Universe crossover. And here's what I'm really fearing. That they'll do it in the fucking cinematic universe. As much as I don't think that'll happen, I wouldn't put anything past the house of non-ideas to, to try something like that. So that...
1: worries me on ideas slam
0: Um, how fucking nuts would it be if they brought mark hamill's luke skywalker to earth with iron man
1: (laughs) if he was in that avengers 2 like trailer piece like the post credit scene and it was luke i would lose my mind i think that the theater would ah no the theater would be silent Everyone would no, just be like, would be, "No, it, there would there would be a riot that would break out. People would be fist fighting, burn down Lows, <laughs> yeah, or even like the sneak attack. Do do it at the end of Star Wars. People would be <laughs> and have it be Spider Man. People would be fucking pissed."
0: No, it would have to be Samuel Jackson in the cantina.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And then people would be stabbing like, each he other walks with their in lightsabers. in his mace
2: window, and he takes his robes and shit off, and oh, then he puts the that's patch on, it. and now he's, that's now it. he's Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's a connective tissue yeah. right there. Oh, my God. And it'll happen. It's going to happen.
1: thought the Emperor killed me. He just sent me to Earth. <laughs> he was the one that brought balance to... All this money, motherfucker. <laughs>
2: well,
1: anyway. My checkbook. Anyway, my point
2: is, I I can't get into these weird crossovers. I, That's I, so I weird. That's
0: like, weird to me that you're just flat out against crossovers. Yeah,
2: like typically, that. I clearly I can kind of be talked into it, but.
0: Only just, by yourself.
2: Yeah, only don't you try to do it. I won't. I know about
0: but that. But can't you just break down those walls and then maybe you know, break I mean, down the compartmentalization and just enjoy some weird stuff? Because what I'm having the most problem with is the timeline of it all. I'm like, well, if yeah, I know Star Trek happens in the 23rd century, but yeah, but they do time travel and all yeah, that crap. And like they're from, but they're from Earth, and no matter what year of Earth they're from. They're from our... That's our Earth, and that DC Earth, and it has superheroes, and... Like, how
1: come... That seems like a minuscule leap, sir. How
0: come... It's teeny-tiny. How come the Star Trek crew hasn't encountered a Green Lantern before?
1: That's true. Doesn't the Green Lantern universe feel more like Star... Like, when I think of it, my favorite version, it's the animated series universe, and that felt like Star Wars to me. Yeah. Where I don't... I know that's like a small nitpicky thing, but there's just more, I don't know, there's more scope to the Star Wars universe. There's so many
0: Green Lanterns in the universe, and the Federation is apparently everywhere in the universe. It's not just the Enterprise. Like, So like if the Federation should have, we should have seen Green Lanterns in the Mm -hmm. original series. And like to just make everything well, how about come this? and make everything when they, up. So when a they release ring. that
1: stuff on Blu-ray they'll wreck on it and Shatner will be you know put them on screen you'll see a pal Jordan fly by bird of prey <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a it's an alternate like reality it's you know like a, a different dimension and they have that I mean that's how they yeah, establish I, I get what it is in and the you can first just Star like you know, to hell
0: with it and we're gonna have Star Trek and Green Lantern and that's, right. it's, it's fine but when I first initially think of it, like I want everything to line up. I want everything to to for you something as the same as
2: this. You want it to line uh, yeah, up. Perfectly yeah, yeah. Right. I like that it's it's not. Our, Those are the leaps that you need to make. Those are the walls you need to break yeah. down. Right. Exactly.
0: And, uh, but I'm okay breaking them down. Like I'm. I'll check it out. If there's I any like property it. out
1: there that can come together like this, maybe maybe this one works. Yeah. Um. I don't know, I'm not very excited. I think I tend to ride more with you, Matt, on the crossover stuff. I'm not very excited. And I, I never was excited for Marvel DC. I don't need to see that. Um I was never all that jazzed about well, the the um uh He-Man universe. the the He-Man crossover. Or it wasn't tangent, it was uh, the, the the yeah, I, the amalgam um, universe. I was never all where they combined I, Marvel and DC heroes into one like Wolverine a, Batman kind of thing. As a
2: preview to what you've been reading um, later tonight, what I realized this past week is that I am not a giant fan of big crossovers, traditionally. I realized that they are seldom good stories. They're really not. They're big to be big. And crossovers like this are... It's, I don't think that somebody like had this fantastic idea in their head and the vehicle of telling it was I know we're gonna team up Green Lantern with Star Trek and it'll that it makes sense now. That's how I can tell this story. Somebody like sat on the toilet and like it just came to him, who could I team up with Green Lantern? I know Star Trek because it's spacey and, you know, it'll be, like, kind of crazy and people will shit their pants when they when they hear this crossover idea we have. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a great idea, uh, a crossover born out of a great idea. It was a fucking, like, kind of a... Do you like, have or, any
1: crossovers well, born out of great ideas here's that what you want to point to? Here's why, why I think
0: this is a great idea. Because when you do stuff like Marvel vs. DC well, Superman and Captain America are going to fight, but they would never, ever fight. No matter what circumstance you put them in, they're not going to fight because they're always good guys and they're always going to be like, why are you really here? You're not really here to kill anyone, right? And they're like, oh, I'm not here to kill anyone. Truth and justice right. the American way. So never, and I'm like, right. America, right? Right, so they're they're never going to fight. Those types of heroes are never going to fight. But the Federation and the Green Lantern Corps are two separate identities in the universe. Space
1: cops and explorers.
0: Right, so they're not necessarily going to be on the same page all the time. More than likely there are, but there's more of a natural release for the friction between the two of them than there would be the Marvel vs.
1: DC. Yeah,
2: but is this uh, Green Lantern versus? Star Trek or is it It's
1: going to start off as that, right? It and always, then they'll eventually always, team up to conquer. Yeah. Right that, uh, issues one threat. and two.
0: And that's the sucky uh, see, that it always starts off that way, but like maybe it won't. We don't know. Mike. Like the Mike Johnson piece. guy has been writing Star Trek for a long time now. Like there can be some friction between them, but that's uh, I would love to see just it's a little friction. But no outright Oh, we hate the Green Lantern Corps. We hate the Federation because it's fucking dumb. But I don't think we're gonna get that. I think this. I think they're gonna handle this properly.
1: Um, I was gonna say, Matt, have has there ever been a crossover that you were excited for that you can point to that? Hey, that was a good, you know, multi book deal. Um without looking back
2: with nostalgic fondness off the top of my head, I cannot think of a single example that that wasn't uh, a story that was told that, that was enhanced by this crossover. It was just, hey, I know. We'll have uh, character X meet character Y and character Z, and then we'll throw character A and B in there, and then... Uh, and how are we gonna do that okay here's what the story will be. This is how we'll piece it together. That's what it is every time mm-hmm. um maybe the infinity gauntlet doesn't quite do that exactly, but it, they become so big that
1: like, the infinity gauntlet almost was that that was like a mini series and it didn't really stretch into the books right like well, the that's infinity what I'm about like okay. the infinity war did where you had to pick up every Marvel book to make sure that you understood what was going on in that. And that was like one of the beginnings of that multi multi book crossover. Nonsense. The Infinity
2: Gauntlet started that with the Infinity Gauntlet crossovers. It had the snipe.
1: But did did it did it go into Spider, like you had to buy Spider Man and then you had to buy Captain America because I know the Infinity War did that.
2: The Infinity War did, and the Infinity War did it more than the Infinity Gauntlet, but the Infinity Gauntlet did do it in books like
1: Silver Surfer, Surfer, um, Guardians, probably. The Avengers.
2: No, Guardians, I don't think, uh, were one of the books. Weren't they?
1: Wasn't Gamora a big, important part of that? Wasn't she one of the yeah, guardians of one of the gems or something?
2: Eventually, yes. Yeah. And Drax was in it, and he was one of the, the keepers of one of the but, gems. So, but this isn't that.
0: Star Trek Green Lantern is just a fun inner company
1: inter-publisher crossover. Yeah, but we're talking about something that may have worked, and he's pointing to the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, but that's but, a totally different thing.
2: Well, yeah, but what? sort of. No, it totally is. Sort of. How is it I, like this? I I'm was trying just to say this twice you interrupted me. I'll try a third time and see if I can get through it. Um, basically, you have the Green Lanterns meet the Star Trek universe. It, with the Infinity Gauntlet, while it's still all under the Marvel umbrella, you have characters that are interacting that traditionally don't. So you'll have the Fantastic Four... Well, they really weren't in it. They were eliminated right away. But you'll have, like, some of the Avengers meet some of the X Men, meet Spider Man, meet some of the Guardians of the Galaxy, meet Silver Surfer. So you have this huge, like, cross pollination of Marvel characters that ordinarily. At a time
1: that, yeah, they didn't really.
2: This wasn't nearly as commonplace then, too. But with this, like, level of interaction, was somebody. Who was it? Jim. Shooter or Jim Star... Jim Starling. Starling. Was he the writer on it? I think Starlin. Starling. 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 Starlin. Who cares? Darling. Fuck that guy. Anyway, but he... Like, was he sitting around and he had this fantastic story or did he say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell a story so freaking big in Marvel. We are going to use everyone's favorite characters in this huge story. We're going to do something nobody's ever done before. And in, I feel like that's probably what he did, and the Infinity Gauntlet was the vehicle for telling that. It wasn't... I have this incredible story where Thanos is the villain, and he has accumulated these gems that he puts on a glove that has made him a god. It, like, I don't think well, the story was born it, out of that. Right. I And you just
0: answered my
1: question as to why these are totally different things. In fairness, my question to him, the original question was, were, were there so any... Many questions. Were there any crossovers that you felt worked and he said the only one that i can even maybe think is maybe the infinity gauntlet i didn't put any specifications well it has to take a property from another company and it was just a general crossover right and
0: my and my question is the infinity gauntlet is nothing like this because this is just two properties yeah oh yeah it's a money grab and that way they're both the same and that, well, if we get all these characters together, people right, are gonna buy it. Right. And that way, it's the same. But Star Trek, Green Lantern, two smaller properties, just two properties. But like you said, Marvel's like space stuff, X Men, Fantastic Four, Avengers. We're gonna bring them all together, and it's so big and it's so company wide. It's too big to be Apple. It's apples and oranges with. Green so Lantern, you're saying Star Trek. that
2: this is more of a. Um this is more of a He-Man a, DCU. A traditional crossover as opposed to an event. This, Yeah, this may be even
0: more like the... Recently when um, Marvel brought the 60s X-Men into the present with the current X-Men. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. those stories were pretty self-contained.
2: Yeah, and that was kind of a weird thing to incorporate
1: like time travel and everything. Do we think that something like... Transformers and G.I. Joe while those are two separate properties since they have been famously linked a bunch of different times do they feel almost like they live in the same world anyway? Kind
2: of, but IDW has those licenses they have Transformers, they have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they have G.I. Joe and they have Ghostbusters.
1: And before that Marvel had those properties. Right, but,
2: but IDW has recently done a crossover with those properties and when I saw it on the shelf I thought No fucking way.
0: I saw it, and I thought, yes, fucking way. Did you buy it? I never never got it. Because there was, like, two properties coming together, but that seemed too nuts. I couldn't commit to it.
1: What was really successful was um, probably about eight to ten years ago, they did another crossover just like that, but they set the Transformers G.I. Joe universe back in World War II, and I thought that that was really cool Jay Lee was yeah that was art. really cool I don't remember who the writer was but it was a really um, really interesting take on the Transformers G.I. Joe um, mythos where Cobra was working for the Nazis and I
0: feel like at this point that Transformers G.I. Joe crossover is in a league of its own because they've they've done it so much
1: it feels like the 90s in the 90s when they did Terminator and Alien or Alien and Predator like that was yeah, like or almost for, a combined. Or Freddy
0: versus Jason. Dark Horse. Mm, Dark Horse used together. to
2: do so many great fucking crazy crossovers that now they do in the movies. But Aliens versus Predator, that shit started in the comics. Freddy versus Jason, that started in the comics.
1: Batman versus Predator. Batman I remember getting Predator.
2: that. Predator. Batman versus Aliens. Batman versus Grendel. Batman versus the world. Yeah, and. Uh, but Dark Horse was doing these incredible, incredibly exciting crossovers. Those are the kind of crossovers that I can get behind because they they felt like they could work. They they're, they felt like they could live within the same like reality. Whereas the Green Lanterns and Star Trek that's a leap, right?
0: It takes it takes a little more mental aerobics.
2: Even more than that, He Man DCU. That's a
0: really big No, movie. that... I'm telling you, if you read that crossover, it's so seamless.
2: On paper. No, in the story, it's so seamless. Without reading it, when you see the, the solicitation for it, and you're like, what are they doing? Like, doesn't that feel like that would be... But... Just... Just a crazy, like, there's no way they can tie this together? I... Alright. I will
0: try to be... Is... Not... Subjective possible cuz you did read it. Yeah, because I read it. So that that excuse me. But like going into it maybe I was like, you know what? I fucking love He-Man and I love DC. So, I'm all in no matter what. So, going into it maybe I was like, yeah, oh, to you know be damned with, you know, the logistics of where these universes exist. But once you get into the story and they and they explain that He-Man's mother is from the DCU Earth and Eternia is just another planet in the expansive, you know, 36 space sectors of our universe. Like, it's fucking seamless. Because mm-hmm. there's there's so much out there. It's like, it's like Star Wars and how I always want different aliens. It's so big. It's so expansive. You're always going to get different shit. So it makes sense to me that Eternia is so far out there. So far away from Earth that we haven't seen them in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like we haven't seen any of that before. So it's possible that it could exist, and that's the way it's told, and it it works really fucking well. the The Star Wars Green Lantern stuff I'm gonna be like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 whatever. And I'll, Star Trek. I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, Star Trek, and it'll be fun. But the He Man stuff really worked, and it was. And on top of that, it was just a good story. It was a well written story. The art was okay. I think you should both read it.
1: I'm not against it. I'm just not really all that excited about it. Crossovers like that just don't really excite me. But is there any crossover out there that you guys would like to see? Something that hasn't been done before that you kind of think that would be kind of cool? Oh, that's really putting us on the spot. I'm sorry. Hmm. I have an idea, though. Go I
0: would like it. I would like to see a He-Man Thor crossover.
1: That'd be interesting.
0: I'd like to kind see Asgard the and Eternia. kind of.
1: That yeah. feels like it could work.
0: That, yep. But now the Warner feels zones. He-Man. That's out of <laughs> out of the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a multi-property. Give me, give me the Silverhawks. Um, oh in, you in, got me.
0: I'm in. in. I don't care what you say. In I'm the, in.
1: in. With the Thundercats. Oh,
0: fucking He-Man. And maybe, and He-Man <laughs>
1: I was gonna- Oh say, it just tame a little bit! <laughs> oh I was gonna leave He-Man out. I was gonna oh, sprinkle in man, Sprinkle in a little Voltron, and then uh, we got the You don't like that? No? I feel like I He-Man feel and like Thundercats He-Man are so similar yeah, though, but right? But it yes,
0: but it's more natural. I feel like Voltrons a little oh, it's just a little out there. Little, well, little how, more how, why
1: don't we just bring them all in and have a four foursome of He-Man, Thundercats, and in the stars, you know what? Silverhawks, Voltron. I would be okay with
0: Monstar attacking Eternia, so that way you don't have the forced Silverhawks versus Masters of the Universe. You have He-Man and company trying to thwart monstar and buzzsaw
1: and molecular and monstar essentially is mumra he's the exact oh, yeah. same fucking character yeah totally but you know, know, that's what i would like, like to... silver
0: Silverhawks have to take on mumra and thundercats have to take on skeletor because yeah, Skeletor's so. like fuck this i can't beat he-man i'm out of here I'm taking over this planet called Thundera. New Thundera.
1: Sounds like a little villain swap. Or...
0: You're fired up about this. I am fired up about this. Maybe the reason the Thundercats had to leave Thundera was because... Of 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 Monstar. Monstar or
1: Skeletor taking over that planet. And he forced everyone out. Or I feel like Hordak might be the one that could be behind he could be the big bad behind all of this. Right. Because he's no kind of like
0: No one likes Hordak. I like Hordak! As the, as the big bad. Oh yeah. But like we all have affinity for Mumra, Monstar and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can pull in some She-Ra for the ladies. Oh, there's plenty plenty of female characters to appeal to the ladies. Tila?
1: I talked Chitara. to I talked to Attila this week. I was hoping that she. had... Wiley
0: Kit, Or cat. Wiley Cat and Kit? Wiley Kit. But one why, of them yeah. was a dude. W- Wiley, 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 Kit. Wiley Kit. I think Wiley, Wiley, Wiley Kat Kit. I think Wiley Cat
1: was the chick. Sorceress. Sorceress. You're so checked out. It's not even funny.
0: I'm just listening. Here's what the What was What was the What was the female Iron Will and Iron Iron Heart. Iron Heart, or was that the
1: bird? No, I think it was Iron uh, uh, Tally was that wasn't that? That was Silver Heart.
0: Is that his name?
1: Or, or Quicksilver? Quicksilver's, Quicksilver's part. part. was Tallyhawk, oh, right? We're getting deep, deep cuts. Right, I love this. And then we have Bluegrass. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and Copper uh, Copper Kid, Copper Kid. <laughs> that weirdo. And Iron
0: Iron, I thought Iron it was Heart. Iron, and Iron Heart. Will. So I, I but, thought Iron Heart was a Iron chick. Heart is
1: the girl. Iron Will is the dude. Yeah. And then who was? It was a black guy. <laughs> I forget <laughs> what his name was. The dude who had the He was magic. What's his
2: name magic?
0: No, his name wasn't Magic, but that was his power. I got this. Matt, why don't you why don't we go to Matt for a second while we look this up.
2: Now, I used to really like He-Man when I was a kid, and I had a, a passing interest in the Thundercats. Hot the Wing! Oh I didn't <laughs> so get very racist. far. Crazy. So racist. Matt, go ahead. But um I had no knowledge, really, of the Silverhawks. I wasn't into it at all. But, like, I I don't remember He-Man on the level that you guys do. I don't know if, like, you've since dabbled in watching some of the episodes to kind of keep yourself refreshed. Or if you have that good of a memory. No.
1: And we went back. I think some of our... When you first started reading comic books they re-released all of the Thundercats. They had a new He-Man series, a new G.I. Joe series, Mm -hmm. and that was part of the original comic books that you were getting, too, and, and they would retell the stories. I think we also went back, I know for a fact, they, we didn't, went,
0: they didn't remake Silverhawks. Well they we did
1: Thundercats and He-Man. But we went back and watched. We watched the original Transformers stuff. Like we rewatched some okay. things here and there. And I know you have the DVDs. I know you've rewatched He-Man. I've done the same. I feel
2: so. like I haven't seen He-Man since like first grade. No, yeah. I have the I have
1: the DVDs. He-Man, so He-Man's rough. familiar. Yeah, and, and yeah. I just
2: don't remember it that well. Like I remember. Some of the characters and what they look like. like. You mentioned Hordak, and I remember he was kind of like a, like a side villain or something. He had his little group, uh, and he was also, but he didn't get along with anybody. Like he, he would fight Skeletor just as soon as he would fight
1: He Man. Correct. I feel like his story was that he was the all powerful being on Eternia, and somehow he got tricked. To go and banish to Etheria, which is where She-Ra and her group of people were. And Hordak and the evil Horde were She-Ra's villains. But I, I feel like the, the way they connected the two was that Hordak started off on Eternia, mm-hmm. was really bad, and somehow Skeletor tricked him to another planet. That's what I think. Hmm. I could be totally wrong, but that's what, that's a, what I always thought.
2: I'm not going to double check. I'm not going to, you know, like check your work. So, it's, oh, it's right in my book. The, <clears throat> the actual
0: He-Man cartoon is really rough to watch. Yeah. You can't go back and watch it. But the mythology of it Yeah, when well, really you guys talk up. about
2: it. Um, and, and then you... One of the characters that I remember uh, the figure for was Zodak. And I always thought he was really cool. Was he kind of like a little bit of an anti-hero? Or am I remembering him wrong?
0: Zodak was a character that the writers didn't know what to do with. Uh-huh. Because what would happen is related by Paul Dini on maybe one of the, I think, think the first Batman Batman on Batman Batman. he was on. He said that as one of the writers for the He-Man series, they would just get figures. And they wouldn't get any background. And a lot of those writers wrote the cards on the back of the action figures. And they would get, like, Beast Man and be like, all right, well, clearly he's a bad guy. Right. But they got Zodak, and they were like, what the fuck do we do with this guy? Mm Mm-hmm. So they just kind of rode him middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So that's why Zodak is middle of the road. He's kind of like Attorney is Watcher.
1: Oh. Where he's, he's a like, neutral cosmic enforcer. Yeah, he's like
0: Phantom Stranger. Like, he'll show up when bad shit's going to happen, but he can't really do anything about it.
2: I feel like these He-Man character designs, while do have kind of a homoerotic kind of bent to like, the the look visually, they're not that far away from updating them in a contemporary way to make them totally badass.
1: Well, did you ever see, and I guess you haven't, um, the late 90s, early 2000s He-Man Cartoon Network series, which kind of took its cues from... Uh, the original mythology, but spun it and updated some. Yeah, of the like I saw
2: that. I had some of the figures.
1: They were uh, they were, were they, they were they weren't McFarlane's. They were no, like they the weren't. Maddie Collector, like direct.
2: No, I don't even think they were that. No. I feel like they were Mattel. I think yeah. they were Mattel.
1: Yeah, well, I, Maddie, I think Maddie Collector is like Mattel's oh, okay. um, direct but, market stuff. But
2: they were they were nice. But I can remember when the rumblings first started happening that He-Man was going to come back. I was like, that's really cool. Because I loved He-Man, and I feel like an updated version of He-Man would be amazing. So there was the magazine Toy Fair that used to be out. It was like the sister magazine to Wizard Magazine. Paul, you wouldn't understand.
0: i got tons of wizards. So, okay. In the early
1: 2000s. (laughs) He's more familiar with Toy Fair.
2: Okay. So... They had the, like, the preliminary, like, character design sketches of what the characters were going to look like. And I will never forget how cool the He-Man, like, update looked. He was more barbarian-like, more, like, tribal. He had, like, um, these long braids that came down, and he just looked tough. He didn't look, like... I don't know. He, he just looked like a man, you know. He didn't look kind of like. What am I trying to say? You're, you, what
0: you want to say is he didn't look gay. Oh, But I on. never thought he man look gay. I always thought he man look fucking Diesel. He <laughs> was like, I'm muscles on muscles. I'm wearing this little chest piece.
1: I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna fuck her dick. It wasn't. Just but that. in retrospect, that's it, it. It's a little gay.
2: He had, like, a bob with the bangs. Like I never had a problem with that. Men I shouldn't today, have that, it was
1: It was the 80s. His was haircut the
2: could 80s
1: be given.
0: Eternia? Look, we all... Well, maybe was, not Ian, but Matt, you and I had bad I, haircuts throughout our history of haircuts.
1: I never had a bob. We I argue. Can say we that.
2: We still have bad haircuts. I tried to get a haircut today. Couldn't mm. do it. Matt, Nobody you
0: get, can tell. you get a haircut me. every other week. Like we said on this show before... Matt prefers his hair to never ever look any I th- different. I think
1: he achieves that though. Ian's
0: looks Ian's looks the same all the time yeah, unless it it's
1: tight. Unless I gotta be business hair. Right. <laughs>
2: Yours changes over the over the course of time. You have
1: the most flexible hair.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I'll let it I'll
0: get a wee bitty.
2: You and almost blow it out. Paul, you like almost right have now. what He-Man was doing with the side things. Like if you grow those, thing, those That's wig my goal. things, those things you be able to braid it, he man, he it man. But, he no, man. but not really He-Man. It's like the, the, like the concept sketch from like 2000, He-Man, that went nowhere.
1: Because they, they, they
2: ended up making those figures, and they ended up having like an animated look. Look them. for it
1: on episode 100. 100. Right. They did, they had like real, sh- the, and there was very an anime flair to that whole show, which was the part that I didn't that like was, That was That
2: was kind of the style of the day back in the early 2000s, because we were so inundated with so much anime and manga at the time. Ball,
1: steep in Pokemon.
2: Exactly. It was like Pokemon came over from across the Pacific and was like, look here, motherfuckers, this is what all of your animation is going to look like for the next five to eight years and it did it, it 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 like overtook classic properties like He-Man and made it into He-Manga. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I like the I like the direction they were going with He-Man of the early 2000s. I feel like they they wanted they had an idea they wanted to make it a little more mature for the audience that grew up with it and now are, you know, 15
2: years older. But it never really clicked. It had that Huge, weird, mechanical sword. Yeah. Are, are we ready for yet another reboot
1: of He-Man? I feel like I'm always ready for another He-Man. The
2: current He-Man
0: comic, the Masters of the Universe comic book, they're currently doing the Eternity War. It is everything we wanted in the early 2000s. They took the good stuff from the 80s cartoon. They took the good stuff from that almost reboot early 2000s and dan abnett the writer is bringing it all together it is the best he-man i've ever been privy to how's the art the art's good the art wasn't good the whole time when but right they first, now it's good yeah when they first kicked it off pop man is the artist and when he first started it was kind of rough but like he's been on this book for years now right. and you can see his progression through the run and now it's Solid. Like yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about it at this point. He Man. So, go.
2: well, okay. So obviously He Man spun out of our Green Lantern Star Trek talk. Uh, I am not excited about it. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm sure you will buy it, Paul, and I'll look at your copy. And who knows? Maybe I'll be swayed and I'll and I'll check it out. So we have one no, one yes.
1: Ian. No, I'm not really all that excited about it.
2: Okay. Just, just
1: not. Okay.
0: Part of my excitement is because the current DC Universe Green Lantern is so in the trash. Yeah. I need some kind. I need someone to Something give to me a good Hal Jordan. And this is totally separate, totally away from all that nonsense Robert Venditti's doing. So, I'm in. What was the other thing we were going to talk about tonight? I already forget. We were going to talk about DC putting the cart before the horse on the CW. That's
2: the one. Paul, you're our resident TV guy. You know all, of, all there is to know about the wonderful world of the small screen. What can you tell us about? A little bitty screen. What can you tell us about what DC is looking to do on the CW by introducing Justice League of America Light. Justice League, sort of. Sort of. Tell us about that. Three years ago, I guess two years
0: ago, Arrow launched. It was a quiet hit that built a fan base, and then it became one of the CW's biggest shows. So they were like, all right. This is cool. Now we're going to introduce Barry Allen and spin the Flash off of Arrow. And this is Flash's first season. And since the get go, it's been CW's highest rated show. Like Lightning Out the Gaedian. Jane the Virgin gets all the critical acclaim, but the Flash gets all the numbers.
2: Is it outdoing Arrow?
0: Yeah. Is it really? Flash is a fucking beast. I am more excited to watch the Flash. Oh, the, Flash is,
1: the Flash is just more fun than Arrow. Arrow's very serious. Let's let's take our time with some of this stuff. Yes. The Flash is like, we're going to give you time travel and Gorilla Grodd in the first season. We're going to give you him in the costume in the first episode. Fucking superheroes. You like it. We like it. Let's do it. They give it all to you right away. Yeah,
0: the, the, the big difference between Flash and Arrow is... The tone of the show, because Arrow's Arrow's Batman. It's real serious. Everyone's ground-level villains. And Flash is like, fuck it, it's a comic book show. What, you want time travel? You got it. You want the cold gun? You got it. You want Golden Glider's weird glider gun? We're giving you that, too. Flash just goes nuts.
1: But Grant. it all fucking works, and it's so enjoyable. Grant Gustin does his best Peter Parker.
2: He does. How did you like uh, the costume so far? I remember when we talked about it initially, we kind of hated it, and we said, there's no way he can run in that. Now that the show's been going for more than half a season, well, actually, we're probably approaching the end of the season, what'd you take?
0: I don't have a problem with the functionality of the suit. <clears throat> like, Like, he moves... So fast, I don't think he... I don't think a slightly loose suit is going to restrict him in any way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think any of us could run to the best of our efficiency in that suit. But he's fine in it. But the color, I wish it was red. Like, I was looking at some pictures today, and it's so fucking burgundy. I just wish it was red. Yeah. Straight up 100 magenta, 100 yellow,
2: just red. But it isn't. Wouldn't that be orange?
1: No. Oh. Okay. Let's go with a, Come a on, solid on you let's, know. Is it really? Instead yeah. of the, why are we mixing colors? Let's go with let's we're going red. We're always gonna use this red. And let's go with a let's go with a one eighty seven. Can we go with a one eighty seven red? Sure. One eighty seven red. Maybe even a one eighty six. That's a little brighter.
0: But besides besides the outfit, like it's fucking yeah, yeah, cool, look man. At that. It is red. They introduced Reverse Flash in a really cool way, Matt. I know you're a big Tom Cavanagh fan.
2: I am. I heard that he's the Reverse Flash. Spoilers. He is fucking <coughs> killing it. He is
0: fantastic.
2: I could have told you that.
0: I TV's never, Ed. Uh, yeah, I never watched Ed. I didn't see him in anything. You yet. might have to watch he's, it now. Or are you are
1: you so in, good to check it out? I think it's on Netflix. I know you. Is it on really on
2: Netflix? It might
1: be. The guy that Are plays. We gonna We're gonna check now. Yeah.
0: The guy that plays Cisco Carlos Valdez. He plays Vibe. Laughed at DC hero. Maybe the only no. hero laughed at more than Aquaman. But and he's not Vibe yet. He's still Cisco Ramon. But he's. I didn't. I. I didn't think I was gonna like him, but like everything about the show just works. They also pull so in. Well.
1: Um the other Amel to his be firestorm. the
0: fire, Firestorm. And they hooked up his outfit and he's got the three the three
1: dots on his chest. They give him the fire hair. At the be- beginning of the season when he gets killed, my wife was really upset. I knew him from the Tomorrow People. and oh, And I was like, chill out. They're not going to bring this dude in to just kill him in the first episode. He's going to be a big part of the show. Don't worry. So,
0: like, Arrow's done a lot of Easter eggs, but like, I feel like Arrow does Easter eggs like, oh, someone said Bloodhaven this episode, but Flash is like, we are in Bloodhaven this episode.
1: I feel like the Flash didn't have the or the Flash is like we're not sure how many episodes we're going to have. We're not sure if we're going to get a second season. We don't know if this is going to work, so we're going to go all out. We're not going to hide anything. We're going to be as comic booky as we can possibly be. We're not going to wait to give you the reverse Flash. We're going to give them to you now. We're going to give you time travel at the midway point of the first season yeah, and, and see if you enjoy all this stuff. And um, Andrew
0: Kreisberg and Greg Berlani, they're huge fans, so they're setting up stuff. Like, Eddie Thawne is in it. Different from the 31st century's Eobard Thawne, who is a re- the, the reverse, reverse Flash. Flash. They're setting up all this crazy stuff. But, like you just said about, we don't know how long this is going to last. we got to do it right now. I feel like that's where this crossover is going. They're like, you know what? Arrow's hot. Flash is hotter. We need to just if we're going to do this we got to do it right now. Go we ahead. don't know when the superhero double down on our hotness is going to burst. <laughs> so, Ray Palmer was introduced on <clears throat> Arrow. He is he is the DC television universe's Iron Man. Smart guy. He's not a he's not a douchebag like Robert Downey Jr. He doesn't have that cocky swagger. He's kind of nerdy. But he's, he's nerdy cocky. But he's the tech guy and you know in the comics Arrow uses the power of a white dwarf star to shrink down to the molecular level. He's not doing that yet, but he built himself kind of an Iron Man suit. That he's gonna go out
1: and start fighting crime. When he enters the scene, doesn't he even do the leap down Iron Man pose, like hit the ground, like with one it fist and in, one knee? It might like, be. Like, come the on. It might come be in on. the preview. Yeah, like come on. But, the fuck like, down. but we he, get it.
0: But he they have explained that the white dwarf star is what powers, this technology, so like I think they're going there, and at some point, they're going to make him shrink down, because the Flash doesn't seem afraid to do anything. But he's going to be in the show, they're going to use Firestorm, but the three main components of the spinoff are going to be Hawkgirl, who we've never seen live action before, Uh, I believe Vixen may be used, I know she's getting an animated online spinoff, and we're going to get Rip Hunter, the Time Traveler. Right now, he's in charge of the time stream yeah. in the DCU, and there's they've already introduced time travel in The Flash, which seems like a wacky fucking concept for TV. But those dudes pulled it off. Maybe they can do it. I'm riveted when I've watched the last couple episodes of The Flash. Like, I'm in. last couple Arrow episodes, I'm like, Man, maybe they'll check my phone for a minute. But Flash, I am fucking in.
1: Appointment TV. Flip
0: that phone <laughs> down. Because they're doing all that crazy shit. Shut the computer. So they're also they also introduced Captain Cold and Heat Wave on the Flash this season. They're going to be folded into the spinoff. So like it's cool that they're taking these three shows and they're all going to exist in the same universe and they're all going to be involved in the same place. But I'm like maybe it's too soon. Let let the Flash get some roots in the ground. Let it build itself. Don't CW. Don't burn us out. Concentrate on that second se- or third season of rain before you get into Justice League light. I'm,
2: I'm worried they're going to break their own bubble. It could happen. Comic book companies do tend to milk things to death. Just look at what DC and Marvel do with their best-selling books. Green Lantern, a perfect example. They take a good thing, and they're like, well, how about another... Green Lantern title. Next thing you know, there's 14 Green Lantern titles and now there's zero good ones. They do yeah. it. They, yeah, do they blew it, it out.
0: They blew it out too with much. With
2: Batman, they do it with the Avengers. They do it with Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man, they just have one shitty title, but oh, but they're like, hey, you like girls, right, Spider-Gwen? Yeah, right. It's it's just that's what they do. They 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 see the smallest kernel of success and then they like Force-feed it down your throat until you hate eating it.
1: <laughs> it must have been a successful uh, way of doing business for a while because, I mean, it, I, I guess it did work. You know, back it, in the 80s, you expanded the X-Men titles, you gave them New Mutants and X-Factor, and then you as a just whole, kept growing. It's worked Don't enough. you think the X-Men bubble burst at some
0: point after all that stuff?
1: Um, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah but who, like... I feel like that. I, I subscribe to all the conspiracy theories that Marvel is really trying to step away from the X Men as a brand in pushing the Inhumans forward because they. Oh, those own idiots. That.
0: Yeah, but back in the day, whenever they. You know, the, all the Claremonts some success and they blew out the X Men books, hit a point where you're like, alright, I'm X Men out.
1: Yeah, and then they rebooted, rebooted with new X Men and Astonishing X Men, and it was it was fresh and yeah, new. Yeah, they
2: start over and everything, but a lot of the times things have to collapse, and then people move on to new things, and then they like kind of refresh, th- right? Then they refresh, and people then slowly come back to the, or maybe not slowly, but eventually, like at a reboot or something, they'll come back to the you know failed title that that they oversaturated.
1: Spider-Man had the same thing. You have the web of spider man Spectacular Regular Spider-Man, Amazing Tales of Spider-Man, Marvel Tales, like all the different kind of branches it's of the funny, Spider-Man. It's funny. I trait. would
2: take I would take that oversaturation now than what they're giving us currently.
1: Yeah, do you think that we would get any good Spider-Man books though? Uh
2: no, probably not. I read a story on IGN which makes me just question why do I even read anything written by those nitwits but it was somebody that wrote a story
1: usually so positive though
2: they, they wrote a story on why Spider-Man why they shouldn't undo Brand New Day and why Spider-Man should stay single and they should not fix any of the things from Brand New Day That's and so they dumb. said just look at it like this look at all the wonderful Spider-Man that we've gotten since um since brand new day, we've gotten the gauntlet, Spider
1: Island. The Gauntlet um, and Spider Island, those have you read those? Those are fucking pieces of dog shit.
2: Yeah, they're terrible. I, I don't know what the what fuck they're talking you about. Spider Island.
1: No. Spider Island bad. sucked. Spider Verse, the new thing that they're no. I didn't
2: enjoy that. I didn't yeah. enjoy uh, I hated the Gauntlet The Gauntlet just never ended. The never ending gauntlet. <laughs> it was horrible. And it had the worst Spider-Man art of all time.
1: That's racist. Howling.
2: So, so as well, call them um, chitlins.
1: I can't point to one extremely enjoyable Spider-Man story that's come out since *Brand New Day*. If Spider-Man wasn't my favorite hero, Superior Spider-Man is an interesting concept. Right. That's probably the best thing since
2: brand new day. Like if it wasn't. We weren't seeing our beloved Peter
1: Parker be treated with such like disrespect. It was a totally new character. It was a different spin that we've never seen. This. It was interesting, but at the expense of our favorite hero. Right. He had to fucking die and go away for. 2 years.
2: And this you should you should read this article because they go on to talk about how um you know it, it to have him married to, to Mary Jane it flies in the face of him uh you know being a down on his luck, Aw Shucks kind of character. And and then in the same article they go on to say how they've expanded the character of Peter Parker and now he owns his own science lab and company. That, how is that down on his luck character? My favorite
1: Peter Parker is the grown-up adult Peter Parker that still was married to, not married to Mary Jane, having some fucking problems, having some lady problems. Separated. Separated, but still tapped that ass. He and, wasn't.
0: Yeah, she was... She she, was, was, she lived on the other side of the country. She but was in L.A.
1: He went and, like, rescued her. And, and we, she was too busy for him because she was filming a movie with some Guy Super handsome suit. dude. Who was fucking the pussy. But he was a school teacher, which makes sense for Peter Parker. He's not going... Peter Parker doesn't have time to be some gigantic technology mogul. But he can maybe teach some kids sometimes. Like, that made sense to me. Right. That felt like the character that I loved.
2: Right. To to have him not be married anymore just because Joe Cassada don't like it. He didn't he didn't like that that character progressed in that way. So he erased history. He like played god as editor in chief of Marvel Comics. Like what kind of like lunatic thinks that they should be doing something like that? The
1: first thing that jumped out to me was if you erase the marriage between Spider-Man and Mary Jane, one of the best villains, Venom doesn't have a chance to make his entrance because that was the first time that I ever remember Venom is when he visited Peter Parker's apartment and scared the shit out of Mary Jane. You don't have that really um, crazy moment that sticks out in time where he does that and I mean and who knows if, if that ever happened if you don't have Venom you don't have Car, you don't have all these villains you don't have all these stories right. like how can you fucking do that it's so stupid the simple fact is Peter Parker
2: and Mary Jane were married just as long as Peter Parker was single um, there are generations or at least a full generation of Spider-Man fans that only know him to be married to Mary Jane like that's who he was and to just be like no. No, I don't like it. It just it just wasn't my thing. You can't do that. If you want to do it, kill her off or something, but like just to erase history, it like it's so disrespectful to everybody, the creators, the fans, the character itself. It's it's just like the ego on that dickhead that he feels like he has the right to do that. But
0: the way it was done was trying to make everyone happy ultimately he was out for his own goal but he was like how can I do this but still sort of making everything count and not erasing everyone's history why didn't you just kill her because that would have set the fucking Mary Jane fans to storm
2: the
1: Marvel Uh, castle not even the Mary Jane fans but the women in refrigerator
2: how about how about Venom finally follows through and he actually kill. Imagine what that would do for Spider-Man versus Venom. It would it would make that the most like bitter
1: rivalry in comic books of all time. It would bring Be- Venom back from being whatever wacko mercenary dipshit oh he is. Oh my god! What is he now? Deadpool two He's like Deadpool Spawn mashup.
0: He's not even bad anymore. He's no. He's a good guy. He's on. Yeah. Um, he got too popular.
1: He was he got, on Guardians. He got for a too
2: right? fucking popular. I mean, didn't he go
1: off with Guardians? I don't. He might have gone off with Guardians. I know he was on the um, Thunderbolts for a while, which is the Suicide Squad. For yeah, a while. but
0: after that, I feel like he went off with. I'm pretty sure he went off with Guardians right before I quit reading that book. Because someone was like, this is fucking Venom. This is a terrible idea. We're going to take him into space with us. But now, like he's a decorated soldier and he's a mercenary. And yeah, it's not know, any Brock anymore. The for me personally, all the allure of Venom was that he was scary. Yeah, like he was a loose cannon. You for couldn't sure. contain him. Like then, no matter who, even Peter Parker, who has the constitution to hold down the symbiote, couldn't
2: handle it. Right, and that was like what made carnage so cool was that okay this symbiote is bad news right it is if it latches on to you it brings out the worst in you and you are overcome by it so let's have it attach itself to a serial killer holy crap that's like about as evil as it gets
0: was Cletus Cassidy the first person it attached itself to is he the original carnage as far as I know he's the only carnage Was, was there more Oh, I don't know. I, I he's it's currently Cletus Cassidy, but I figured since the '90s when he was introduced, it had to have gone through a couple different people.
2: As far as I know, it's only been Cletus Cassidy as the only Carnage right, Ian?
1: I believe that that's correct. Well, there you have it. Venom's had like four or five different.
2: It, but yet, in my carnations. opinion, in my head, it's only Eddie Brock. That's Venom. I think yeah. it's
1: flat, isn't it? Flash Thompson, right now? It's something Dude, ridiculous. I don't even right. know.
2: I don't even know because I hate it. Like I can't. Yeah. I, like <laughs> Secret Wars, please, Marvel God, if you're out there,
1: please, His Joe Casada,
2: please Joe Casada, I'm praying to you, as as George Carlin once prayed to Joe Pesci, please, for the love of Joe Casada, after Secret War fix everything wouldn't, it's all broken wouldn't
1: you shit if after Secret War it all went back to ever like every property was the exact version that you loved written the way that you loved it In, took it all back I there I would settle
2: for just one
1: just one just Spider-Man I, Silver Server
2: I don't care just any What's your
1: favorite silver surfer? Is it the Ron Limb stuff?
2: No, actually, uh crap, I can't remember the writer, but it was with Ron Garney doing the art. Oh, okay. He did it for about twelve issues. Really good run. Really, really good run. It was in the probably the mid to late nineties.
1: I have a bad feeling about Secret War. I don't think that we're gonna get anything that we want. I think it's gonna be all garbage. It's just I'm it'll really end up
2: being it. Well, you said, I think, that you felt it was going to be a reboot of the Marvel U, and I was like, no way, but I hope so. It'll just be an excuse to relaunch everything at number one.
1: It would be nice if it would be a complete reboot. And they've said that. But it won't be. It won't be. But, oh, would that be cool? Yeah, I mean, get some Todd McFarlane-era Spider-Man like that. Not... Not that Todd McFarlane would ever come back to Spider-Man, but that what? style of Spider-Man in that point. Have in you his ever
2: life. read the Marvel Knights Spider-Man when Dodson, when the Dodsons I, were doing? I have it. that. Yeah, Mark Miller wrote mm-hmm. it. That was reminiscent of that early McFarlane stuff, but probably written a bit better. It had Venom in it. It had the Vulture in it. It had like good classic Spider-Man villains, and it had a real kind of world feel to it. And it was darker. Great stuff. Um, that is the last great Spider-Man stuff that there has that there's been.
1: Because that did come out after the JMS stuff. So, JMS, like, give me a mix of all those three styles of Spider-Man. I think that I would be really happy. Yeah, it's busted right now. Yeah, but but the sales numbers tell us differently. The sales numbers tell us that people love it. That's your Marvel fan for
2: you. I feel like they could, clearly they can do whatever the hell they want because that's exactly what they're doing and the people will buy it.
1: With this new Amazing Spider-Man, I think I lasted two issues and I was out. Like I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, I
2: did, I did two
0: issues and I was done. I and thought I was finally going to get back to the more Did you see that they're relaunching it
2: at number one? Like that's really no, going to happen? Of course they are.
1: Of course they are. Well, it's,
2: it's been made official. Like, yeah. It's, it's happening. And it's still Dan lot. It'll still be Dan Slott, unfortunately. God. That guy just needs to book. go away. Write something else. Go work for DC. I'm just kidding, Paul.
0: Matt, did you read something this week that you want to tell us about before we get out of here?
2: Yeah. Um, well, this goes back to what we were talking about with like the big crossovers where you have so many characters that are in it to make up the story, but it's not you know, the story wasn't wasn't uh, created and then, oh, I know, we'll add this character and add that character. I feel like Valiant Comics got together and said, what can we do that will incorporate every one of our characters into this storyline? Now, where this kind of, like, doesn't fit exactly that is um, all their characters make... Cameos. There, there's a core group of characters that the story is told through, and what's nice about these books. So I read uh, the Valiant. It's Valiant Comics. I believe it's their first major crossover since they returned about what three years ago now, two years ago.
1: Since we've been doing this podcast.
2: Yeah, that, that's when it started. So <clears throat> it's been about two years, and um, it's it's basically. I would say it's a it's an eternal warrior story, mainly, and a bloodshot story. Uh, two characters that really don't have much to do with one another, but but bear with me for a second. The pre- Who, who's writing that? Uh, Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent. Um, artist uh, pa- Paolo Rivera. I've heard of him. Um... It's it's really really nice artwork. Great use of like splash pages and creating like some really nice uh, like drama and everything. Um, I was I was just really blown away with some of the like the visual storytelling of um, of this of this book. I thought that's creepy as shit. Yeah, no kidding. So here's the premise of the story. You have the eternal. Ooh, it feels so nice. Isn't it it's a nice a high prestige quality it's not stock? A, not a Marvel. Not a Marvel book. That's what I and it, always and it's, say. And it's the price of a of a Marvel book, three ninety nine. You mm. know what? I that makes me feel like I'm getting ripped off. That's why you got to switch to Valiant, son. So better um, quality paper, <clears throat> worse story. Uh, oh, I don't know about that, man. This oh. is good. Have you stuff. read Marvel, yet hmm. lately? Just um, Nova. So. The, the premise is the eternal Jeff Lemire you fuck <laughs> oh
1: Jeff Lemire keep your you son of a bitch out of there, <laughs> this panel is clearly Jeff Lemire drawing it
2: oh well th- that is retelling a children's story that one of the characters is like re- recanting or not recanting re- recalling
0: I love Jeff Lemire not so nuts about his artwork Um, This is
2: frightening. Okay, I'm not going to do this any justice, so I'll read you a quick thing about it. For millennia, the Eternal Warrior has protected the Geomancers, enigmatic mystics who speak for the Earth and guide humanity to new heights, but on multiple occasions, the Immortal Enemy, and that's in all caps. Well, no, it's initial capped, so that's like his name, the Immortal Enemy, Um, an implacable force of nature, Defeat defeated the Eternal Warrior and killed a Geomancer, plunging humanity in a new dark age. Now, as Kay McHenry settles uneasily into her role as the latest geomancer, the immortal enemy has returned after a centuries-long absence to hunt her down. But this time, the eternal warrior will not fight alone. So the eternal warrior is a character that it has been around for centuries and centuries. And he has mastered all forms of fighting and combat, modern forms, ancient forms, karate, karate, karate. Uh, like anything you can think of. Like this guy is like the ultimate kind of like warrior. <laughs> but but without I didn't the, see him in
1: there, dude. What are you talking the, about? Without
2: the arm tassels. So um, he's he's kind of a cool character. And uh, this time though. He has, like, all the valiant superheroes that are essentially helping him. It's his mission to protect this Geomancer from the immortal enemy from killing her. Um, because in the past, it, it's a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter, but every time he is sworn to protect this person, and he fails every single time. But this time he's living in a world with other superpowered beings, so he has a chance But the thing with the immortal enemy is he takes on... He, like, uses, like, psychological warfare. He takes on uh, your deepest, darkest fears and he becomes that. And that's how he, like, torments you and fights you and ultimately kills you. And um, this is a four-part series. It was a really brisk read. Really good. Even though they shoehorned all the characters in, they didn't... It wasn't so overt that it like overtook the story. The story was still a very intimate tale, and it ended up being, I would say, more of a story about Bloodshot, who was one of the protectors that was working with the Eternal Warrior to help um, this woman survive the, the, the immortal enemy. Um, it has a very unexpected ending. Um, great artwork, great writing. What can I say? It was fantastic. I recommend it to all fans of comic books. What's what's Bloodshot's powers? Bloodshot is a character that has these little tiny robotic organisms, like essentially living inside his body. So he's so nanotech. Nanotech, basically, yeah. So he can regenerate, like I, you know, he could get his arm, like he does in this, completely ripped off, but it regenerates because of these robots. But his his premise is he worked for a company called Project Rising Spirit, and they um, they used him as a weapon to send him out into the field to fight to go on whatever mission they needed him to. But they were were able to play with his mind. So they like would put fake memories in his mind. So he thought he was like a family man, or he thought his name was like Ray, whatever. And he believed he was somebody else because he was like a product of this company. That He was basically a mercenary, but didn't realize quite to the extent. He freed himself from Project Rising, and now he basically, as far as I know, he had been trying to figure out his real past, but he hadn't been able to figure it out yet. Um, and that's basically what he is. But now he's friends with the Eternal Warrior.
1: Who sounds like a pretty badass?
2: They're all pretty badass. There's these are really cool characters. I'm telling you,
1: it's very nice artwork. The uh, the villain. Yeah, that's in that a good book looking is book. Pretty pretty scary. Some some face shedding. Is yeah, looked like. yeah. Pretty frightening yeah, the, stuff. Yeah,
0: the skin on the face opening it up. It was is, uh, pretty pretty slick.
2: The, the the that villainous character that's the immortal enemy taking on the persona of a character called Mister Flay, who was. The creepy villain in the um Geomancers like she remembers this old childhood like fairy tale and the the bad guy in the story his name was Mr. Flay. So the, the immortal enemy becomes the real life version of Mr. Flay. And his head like rips open. He's it's really creepy.
1: Yeah, it's a very nice looking book. <clears throat> Great quality cover and, and the uh, production yeah, of the, uh, the the pages are really nice. The name
0: Jeff Lemire um, kind of sells me. I follow him on Twitter. He's been tweeting a lot of stuff about uh I, this, and I, I'm pretty sure he's doing a new Bloodshot series. He is for Valiant. It's called, and
2: it spins right out of this. And I thought about picking it up because he writes oh, it, but read man. read the Valiant. Read this, and if you like it, get it because I'm sure it's gonna have a lot of the same tone. I have a feeling you will end up getting it because I think you'll like this. Maybe, maybe. Um. So. As we know, I'm
0: open to all suggestions.
2: That's Wait, true. Wouldn't be the first
0: time I got you hooked on something, That's would true. it? That's true. I was just fawning over Matt Henderson's artwork on this week's or this month's Nailbiter. How does one
1: fawn? Uh, oh, it's so good. Oh. Oh boy! Please stop. That's funny, right? Solid. Yeah, that's that's how I would find.
2: Ian, did you read anything this week? What you been reading?
1: I did. I read DC's The Multiversity. Oh so, boy. Yeah, Grant Morrison. Why would you uh, do that?
0: There's so many better options for shit to read. Why right didn't
2: there? you
1: read? Um, You're like, I want to read some weird shit. I just started reading. I started reading it completely out of order because I got. I don't um, think that matters. No, I mean, it doesn't matter Did you read the Shazam one? I did read the Shazam one. Was that good? That was good. That was definitely good. Multiversity, for those who don't know, Grant Morrison takes a bunch of different worlds in the DC universe that, you know, essentially he's created. There's a universe with the Black Superman from his arc on, um, it might be Adventures of Superman or Superman. Um, He also takes the Fawcett characters, um, the old shazam characters he dives into a world where superman lives in nazi germany and jim lee is the illustrator of that as well as um takes the uh, charlton characters and does a spin on the watchman his own take on the watchman which is you know interesting it's all these different universes they're all connected by this haunted comic book which is the final book in this uh this series um And they're all just, they're honestly self-contained stories of these different universes. Um, One universe is, it it kind of is like uh, the future of superheroes, which is all social media, self-absorbed. There aren't any real villains out there. It's all about just, you know, taking selfies and the paparazzi following around uh, Damian Wayne. It's... Ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> so, Grant Morrison is hit and miss. I know that both of you don't really enjoy many of his works. I either really like him or really dislike him. Yeah. Um, what I can tell you from this is that um, of the, the books that I got here, I only really enjoyed the um, the Thunderworld, which is the old Fawcett characters. Which was actually it was it was a really charming old timey story um, that takes place in like the 40s, I believe, and it was um, um, illustrated by Cameron Stewart in in a really classic comic book style uh, that really suits Captain Marvel. Not a you know not a gruesome uh, kind of story. It's just like something that you could give to any comic yeah. book fan. It was. And it looks a lot like Frank Cho artwork. It does look a little bit like Frank Cho it artwork. It really does. The story was really charming. All of these stories are self-contained. So this one wasn't infected with all the weirdness and goofiness of the, even the Superman Nazi one that you would Jim Lee illustrated that you would think on the surface that sounds like something that's really cool. But it came off as... Ex- it was just really crass, stupid, and over the top. The first panel is—I know, Matt. That sounds strange, right? Grant yeah, Morrison right. Is cra- crass, stupid, and over the top. The first panel is Hitler taking a shit. On oh, a-
0: I saw so many pictures of that online. <laughs> okay,
1: wait. <laughs> and I started—I, I started reading that, and that's the—that's the first panel and i'm just like you know oh and yeah it, it's it's, oh. just, it's pretty it's a pretty graphic
0: image i mean jim lee spares no expense on the details i love jim lee oh. to
1: death but it, it just wasn't my that, cup of tea
0: i i didn't get any of these books i saw the i saw that page online and it took me right back to his and frank miller's batman and robin where they just went over the top for the top's
1: sake the the issue with uh frank whiteley and grant morrison has gotten a lot of hype that it's the best thing of all time and they they kind of if it has a lot of feel of uh of the watchman it it calls it purposely calls back all of those elements and i like that Book a whole lot. It's one of my favorites, but it just felt like it just felt like they were redoing it. That's all it felt like, and there wasn't anything added. Do you I might feel like be, that's an
0: inside baseball type issue where you better know the Watchmen. Or you're really not going to understand this issue. I think, but you, since you're Grant Morrison, we'll let you do whatever you
1: want. I think it's it's like you have to know the Watchmen inside out and know what I. I read multiple reviews about this that stated that this was the best comic book of this year and i honestly i didn't see it i really didn't i
0: can't roll my eyes hard enough can't
1: do it it
2: it kind of looks interesting
1: the uh jim lee yeah so i haven't read the fight in in the 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 thread that ties this all together is throughout this comic, they're all reading the final book, and they keep talking about this comic book's haunted, it possesses people, and they have the pages from the final book. and That final book came out last week. I haven't read it yet, so I'm going to have to check it out and see. I feel like I've been hooked into something that I don't really want to finish <laughs> but because it, it really hasn't been good but if I had to recommend one um, check out the, the one that I mentioned that has Shazam that is it's self contained great artwork really charming something that I think anybody can enjoy
2: Paul what you been reading
0: that's going to do it for us tonight You haven't re- that's, re- that's what I've been yet. reading I read all kinds of stuff all the time, but I think now Quick the, Quick shout out to- uh, uh,
1: condescension embodied right here.
0: Effigy by Tim Seeley and Mario Zarcone. maybe. They put the fucking credits. I don't know where the fuck they put the credits in this fucking book. Um, it was Either mine. the beginning or the front, right? Man, it's yeah. one of the two. It was fine. It had a Shutterbug Follies effect on me where uh, there's some fairly graphic stuff in there drawn in a really cartoony style. And that kind of put me off of the book. But it's not bad. It's fine. I'll get number two and check it out. What made you buy guess... this? the
2: writer. Marley Zarkon is the artist.
0: Um, there was a few page preview in the back of some DC books a couple weeks ago. Right before that, number one came out. I
2: remember seeing that. It looked pretty cool. um,
0: I read it. I checked it out. It was was interesting enough to check out. It's about a girl who used to star in a Power Rangers-type kids show. Probably a little more elementary than Power Rangers, but now she's grown up, and to kind of break out of that kid's role, she released her own sex tape. She does butt stuff. Yeah, and now she's a... She's a legitimate police officer in the small town she grew up in. And it seems like someone's <laughs> stalking her because she was from that show. Um, it's interesting. interesting enough. I'll check out number two. But Is I wasn't, lit- wasn't lit- over the moon about it. No, I think it's going to be something like Nailbiter where it's just going gonna, gonna to be an ongoing.
2: I don't like the art on the cover because it's so blurry with the color. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's like, it's like the interiors,
0: indicative. but it's a little more... It tries to be flashy. It yeah. tries to be
2: ostentatious. And on that note, <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up, right, Ian? Yes. My
0: name is pull, Paul Pass it down. What's that? Pass it down. Here. Uh, uh, uh? No, not that. The pass down the end of the episode. Oh, well, we were starting... Uh, Okay, my name is... Let's Paul start again. Oh, it! <laughs> like the whole show? 99 episodes. How we do this
2: again? It's like our first one. I was in the middle of taking this book. Our, you guys all got to see our, it.
1: And I didn't get to see it. You talked about it, and now I get to see it. That is ostentatious. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next week.